0: Today's Swallow Your Pride guest is Hillary Cooper. Hillary is the owner of Speech Therapy Services of North Louisiana and currently contracts with two locations of physical balance centers to provide outpatient pediatric and adult speech therapy services, as well as adult home health services. Hillary is also in the process of establishing a mobile fees company called North Louisiana Swallow Solutions that I helped her set up. I'm so excited for her. So, if anyone's in that North Louisiana area, get in contact with Hillary if you're needing some mobile fees services. But, Hillary is extremely passionate about pushing for the use of evidence based practice in dysphagia treatment in these rural areas. In this episode, we discuss how we can advocate for our patients and our field. She tells us how she's been successful with educating other professions and getting them on board and collaborating with us on our dysphagia treatment plans. Hillary also discusses having Dr. Stephanie Daniels as her graduate school professor. I'm a huge fan of, she wrote the Dysphagia Following Stroke book, which I just love that book, and also how Dr. Daniels has helped shape the way she views continuing education. So I know you guys are always asking me what like the latest and greatest courses are as far as treatment. And I will totally admit since I do diagnostics all day that sometimes I fall behind on keeping up with the latest treatment CEUs. And I'd always heard that eStim was, you know, you know, it's so effective for PTs and OTs. You see them using it all the time, but there's definitely a lot of controversy with it as far as speech pathologists using it to rehab the swallow. So Believe me, I've been the ultimate skeptic on Easton for a while now. But uh, my buddies Rick and Russ from AMP Care, uh, they swindled me into taking their online CEU course a few months back. And I'm not going to lie, you guys, it was so good. Like I was totally hooked. And so Rick is a fellow SLP just like the rest of us. Um, But Russ is a physical therapist with an extensive knowledge, e that he's used as a modality throughout his entire PT career. So like I said, I took this course a while back uh, when I was actually studying for my board certification exam. Their CEU course is considered an advanced course. So for anyone that needs advanced CEUs, if you're working towards your BCS, uh, hop on this course. But anyways, the entire first half of the course is like all about basic muscle physiology, the makeup of the actual swallowing muscle fibers, a killer review of the cranial nerves, probably like the most elaborate review that I've had since grad school. And I'm pretty sure I didn't pay this close attention in grad school to the anatomy and physiology. But like I said, I was totally hooked on this course. Um, And you guys know I keep it real. I don't sugarcoat things here. So another thing that I just super appreciated about this course is they go into detail about the populations that are best served with this treatment and the populations that should not undergo E-STEM. So it's not a one-size-fits-all treatment, but it has shown some awesome outcomes as far as improving the swallow. And in their course, they also discuss why they use the electrode size and shape that they do, the various parameters on the unit, which it does vary from other e manufacturers, so that's important to note. So Since Rick and Russ are super nice guys, they're offering fifty bucks off their CEU course exclusively for Swalier Pride listeners. They are having live courses coming up in
1: Seattle,
0: LA, Phoenix, San Diego, and Dallas. So I would totally highly recommend you guys get to a live course if you can. These guys are so fun, and they just make it really easy to understand this super complex info. Um, So if you're near any one of those cities, yeah. Head to this course, but the cost of the live conference is usually $325, but $275 for Swallow Your Pride listeners, and if your facility does purchase the actual device, so the actual e unit costs $649 regularly, your training will be further discounted down to $200. But if you can't get to a live course, they're also offering $50 off their online course, which that's a course that I took. And it's still, it's phenomenal, super entertaining. And just, like I said, it's a, this is a great course, but of course will only cost you a hundred bucks. You can sit and watch it on your couch with a glass of wine and get 0.8 advanced CEUs. So also not going to lie, the training manual that comes with this course is really good too. I referred back to it so many times when I was studying for my BCS exam, just it's a great anatomy review, cranial nerve review. Yeah. That manual is great as well. So go to swallowtherapy.com forward slash SYP to register for any of these courses. And also, if you just head over to their website, you guys, they have some really cool videos showing the e unit at work. And they also have a review of all the literature that they have to support their FDA cleared device and protocol. And yes, I am working on getting them on the podcast very, very soon. But anyways, go check out Swallowtherapy.com forward slash SYP to check out their courses and sign up for this training. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I cannot believe that it's almost the end of October. That's just bananas. I don't know where this year, summer, fall has gone. It's nuts. Um, oh, I think that's just because I've been busy in podcast land, which is exciting. I'm so excited with how everything's shaped out with this and I'm grateful for all the emails that you guys keep sending me about sound quality and editing and guest speakers, and it's exciting. It's I'm I'm really grateful for everybody that's been reaching out. I've got a lot of cool people helping me with this project now because it, I bit off a lot more than I, than I could chew, or I was optimistic that I could do all this on my own, so I'm grateful for the whole team of people that are helping me out with this now. So our iTunes review of the week comes from Sierra Downs. And it's titled, A Timely Swallow Podcast. You know, I love those play on words. As a CF, this podcast is definitely on my must-listen ASAP list. When I receive an email about a new episode, absolutely everything applies to what I do on a day-to-day basis or what I have or have not learned in grad school. I cannot thank you enough, Teresa, for fighting the good fight, being refreshingly honest, staying down-to-earth, realistic, evidence-based, and passionate about this area of our field. I love how you've been able to feature such fantastic and iconic guest speakers in every episode, and I love how you ask them each about their favorite research articles with links. Can't get enough of this podcast. Always looking forward to your next episode. Sierra. Thank you so much, Sierra. Love these reviews. Like I said, I really didn't know what I was biting off when I started this thing. So I'm glad that it's it's going well, and I love everybody we've been able to get on here. We've I, I'm so honored with the people that I've been able to interview and just bring to you guys. I know everybody wants to get on the same page, and these researchers want to get their, their good stuff out there. So I'm glad I can provide a vehicle to do that. So please, please do leave us a review on iTunes. if If you have not yet, those help us out greatly. But I am so excited for today's episode. Hillary is just she's one of those people that makes me so grateful for social media. Some days it can be frustrating and annoying, and she makes me so grateful for it because she's one of those people that I'm. I'm so happy has come into my life. I'm so happy our paths have crossed. She's an incredible woman, an incredible mother. Um, incredible daughter. She takes care of her entire family. She's a businesswoman. woman. Um, I'm just helping her get her mobile fees business going. I could not be more proud of this woman. She's a rock star and she's got a heart of gold. So uh, what stemmed this podcast actually was uh, every great story starts with a Facebook group, but on Facebook one day and someone was ranting about, I can't believe that Dietary did this. I can't believe that The kitchen didn't thicken my liquids, and and it just turned into a a bitch fest, for lack of better words, just everyone kind of jumping in and climbing on top, and I I can't believe they did this, I can't believe they did that. And then sweet little Hillary, she's the sweetest woman ever, she chimes in and she says, hey guys, how about getting on their side? How about seeing things from their point of view? How about reaching out to them, seeing what you can do to help? And I just thought that was so refreshing, because as, as hard as it is for us to understand What we need to do to make our jobs easier, we make it even harder on ourselves when we get angry and we can't relay and we can't communicate what we need from other people as well in our field. So I just thought she had such a great, unique, refreshing spin on how to how do we communicate with our peers and with our colleagues in other professions, because we all have to work together for the benefit of our patients. So I just I just loved everything she had to say. So I said, we got to get you on here and talk about this. And I'm going to make one more clarification Any of you upstate New Yorkers, if you know my friend Amy Hitchcock, her husband is a registered dietitian, and Amy and her husband have been reading my blogs, and, you know, I always just write, when you talk to dietary, blah, 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 it's kind of the same way we say when you talk to nursing, and she said, hey, you know, my husband just wanted to point out they don't want to just be called dietary. They would like to be called, he would like to be called the registered dietitian. She said, same with us. We don't want to just be called speech. We like to be called speech pathologists, what we are. So, you know, thank you, Amy. I know I've been so much more cognizant of that, especially in my notes, my recommendations. I'll write consult with registered dietitian now instead of just dietary. So Hillary goes on and talks a lot about her uh, collaboration with the dietary staff in this episode. So I just wanted to throw that in there with from our friend Amy. So Thank you, Amy. And one more uh, final plug. If anyone's interested in coming to upstate New York this time of year, which it's totally beautiful, not that I'm biased or anything, but on November 18th, we have the awesome Dr. Lewis Raquel May is coming to present. And it's going to be a, just a six-hour talk on Saturday, November 18th called Management of Dysphagia in Search of the Latest Evidence. So I'm pretty pumped. I'll be there. It's going to be a great day. Uh, if you're interested in signing up, you can go to CNY for Central New York, slha.org. You'll see the link there to sign up for that. So just want to throw that in there. All right, we'll get on to Hillary now. Hi, Hillary. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. What about you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me to do
1: this. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am an independent practitioner. I own my own little practice, little, emphasis on the little. Um, I contract with a local therapy clinic, physical therapy and balance centers, and we have locations in Ruston and Jonesboro in North Louisiana. It's very exciting. We're in a very rural area. I okay. contract with a home health company, so I keep myself pretty busy doing that. All right,
0: cool. And you're also going to start doing fees soon, too. I'm hoping to. I'm
1: really excited. I can't wait to to start scoping people. I've already told our marketer that he's he's in line. Yeah, so. that's so exciting. <laughs> All right. So who was your
0: who was your grad school professor who taught your grad school course?
1: I was fortunate enough to go to the University of Houston, where there are tons of awesome rock star professors from. Dr. Lynn Mayer, who's the physiologist, she's amazing. Dr. Margaret Blake, Dr. McHenry, Monica McHenry, she's an amazing voice instructor. But Dr. Daniels, Dr. Stephanie Daniels, I was lucky enough to be in her first dysphagia course. And that's kind of, it was the hardest class I've ever taken. I had nightmares about it. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And I thought that that's just how it was supposed to be. But I came out of that class just having this love for the field of dysphagia. And so I really thank her for um, inspiring me and really giving us a lot of an advantage coming out of that program, knowing a lot of the things that are kind of best practice and current ideas and dysphagia treatment now, and I see students come out. I've had other students from different programs, and I'm like, y'all didn't palpate? Yeah. Are you kidding me? We were, pal- we were very well palpated in yeah. our program. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I feel very, very fortunate to have been in her first graduate class.
0: Yeah. When I was studying for my board certification exam, I stumbled upon her book, The dysphagia after stroke book. Mm -hmm. I read that thing from cover to cover in like two days, which I thought was like the nerdiest thing I've ever done. I was like, oh my god, I just read an entire textbook (laughs) in two days, but it was so good. It was so well written. And I learned so much. It's a great book if anybody is looking for just a really good dysphagia book that's easy to kind of digest. It it is a textbook per se, but it's very easy to to digest. So
1: And you know, that's how she taught the course too. It was very Very realistic. It was very down to earth. And I loved a few of the things that she did. Um, she made us drink barium. Yeah. And she said, don't be one of those SLPs who like, oh, it tastes just like apple juice. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> like, they're going to yeah. hate you. Yeah. And so, you know, I, to this day, every time I have a student, I'm like, Come on, it's time to drink some barium. Yeah. And they're good. like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, if you're going to give it to people, you need to know what it's like. So. Yeah. You know, good. So, sorry. Yeah. (laughs)
0: that's awesome yeah i mean that's that's really why i want to do this podcast i just want to get real you know down-to-earth people on this thing and you know hear what's going on across the country but oh that's so great that you had her for a a professor
1: oh it was such a wonderful class yeah it was really really inspiring of course at the time you know i was Grad school And it was so overwhelming Just everything And grad school Is overwhelming And I I, I had dreams These nightmares About her soap notes And I had this one dream Where she required us To put our soap notes On gold vellum paper With like Sheepskin parchment And then like a doily And it had to be like Three quarters of an inch From the edge And then within that We had to have Our subject line And like each part Of the soap note Was this crazy Complex creation And I woke up up and I was like oh I think I need to take a break <laughs> oh my god that's
0: hilarious I know I'm sure we, we all have nightmares from grad school yeah well anyways the reason I wanted to have Hillary on the podcast was you know story of my life just browsing the dysphagia boards and someone posted something they weren't you know commenting venting for lack of a better term about non-compliance with their dietary, with their kitchen staff, and I can't believe I make all these recommendations, and no one follows them, and nobody thickens my liquids right, and you know, she she was angry, and we've all been there, but you know, all the other comments were like, I can't believe it, I know, I can't believe it, I get so angry too, I get so pissed off, nobody there listens to me, and then Hillary chimes in with this beautiful comment, basically, talking about how she put together a presentation for the dietary staff, brought them in pizza, or I don't remember, I'll let you explain the story, but (laughs) basically decided to be on their team and work with them instead of against them. So... I'll kind of just let you start talking about what you did here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a serious concern of mine. You know, I would change a diet. It wouldn't get implemented for three or four days, if ever, sometimes, you know, some days it just seemed like the kitchen would just kind of flop on the plate, whatever they felt like putting on the plate with no regards to any kind of precautions for anyone. And, you know, I had just kind of reached my limit. And instead of blowing a gasket and just losing it, I thought, okay, well, that's not going to solve anything. (laughs) So what can I do to make this situation better for everybody? And, you know, going back to my minor in psychology, um, you know, I go back to primary reinforcers, which is food um, makes everybody happy. So I thought, well, maybe if I bribe them with pizza that they don't have to cook (laughs) with dietary, that's a huge factor. And then I give them an in-service, maybe we can come to some sort of understanding. So I did the in-service and, you know the kitchen ladies were very very happy that I brought them pizza because nobody brings the kitchen food nobody thinks to do that so after the meeting was over and you know I talked their heads off and I had all kinds of information on what a mixed consistency was and various ways to modify the traditional southern food that we get down here why is cornbread not always the best thing to give someone who's on a puree diet and basically the kitchen manager pulled me aside afterwards and said you know all this is great But you know, my girls can't read very well. And it was just like this light bulb went on in my head. And I was like, (gasps) ah. those cards, the dining room cards, they're all just like covered with words. And if these people have a literacy barrier, then they're, of course, they're not going to be able to, to implement anything I put across the table at them. So I started thinking, how can we kind of fix this? So we put our heads together and came up with a few options that weren't feasible. And then we came to easily implemented color coding system on the dining room cards themselves. So it wasn't stigmatizing. It didn't have anything on their doors or anything like that. It was just a little Dot with a marker on the card that indicated different diet levels, and then we got different colored electrical tape and put it around the utensils, and you know, so they knew the red spoon was in the puree and the red dots on the card. Then they do red, you know, puree. And within a week, we were at 100 compliance. It was just amazing, and the kitchen ladies were like, "Wow, this is so much easier." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, that was an eye-opening experience to me to really get me looking at what other barriers. To do we have that you know we just commonly put as oh well they just don't want to or you know they're just not listening to me or you know those kind of things that we when we get frustrated for them not doing it that we tend to assign them but then i realize that there's just a lot of really profound educational barriers, especially SNF setting. So I was really pleased with my response in that. So I went and started doing other kind of in-services and education opportunities for the nurses and the CNAs and even started being more proactive with the physicians and all of that. So there's there's lots of different barriers that we encounter in the SNF setting. And so I kind of made it my little personal mission to try to overcome those. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. It was actually really cool. And um, the kitchen staff loved it. It made their job yeah. easier. They were less dry, stressed out. They didn't have the speech therapist, you know, yelling over the you know, counter, like, why did you give them this again? And right. administration was happier and, and just everybody was happy. Yeah. And you're just the nice lady that brings in pizza now Absolutely. instead of the, the big,
0: bad, mean speech therapist wolf. Absolutely. And they loved me and they would always try to offer
1: me food and things.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's so nice. I just love that well okay so let me ask you the million dollar question so you you know spend all this time preparing the sin service you bring them in pizza you spend time educating the nurses and the administrators what about your productivity for those days
1: um basically if if you know me I'm kind of a loud mouth person anyone (laughs) who's listening to this who knows me is gonna be like yep (laughs) that's probably why (laughs) we don't get along at all Hillary So basically, you know, I talked to the director of rehab and I said, look, you know, this may take an hour here and there, but in the big picture, we're going to save money and it's all about reducing pneumonia, reducing hospitalizations, reducing return and repeat hospitalizations, you know, improving compliance. When the state comes in, that's always a big keyword. If you mention the state word, then that's always a big one because they want to make sure they pass their inspection. Right. Right. You know, tell them like, I would like it so that we don't have to scramble when the state comes in, which every nursing home ever always does. (laughs) That's a concept. I know. Like let's actually make this part of our standard practice. And usually, they see sense when, you know, I did that. I only had one home that I was in that was resistant to it, but they were resistant to everything. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to choose your battles, but you know, after I kind of explained that, look, you know, in my eyes, I'm hundred percent productive, you know, I'm not sitting around with my feet up on Facebook. I'm doing something I'm advocating, I'm educating people. So may not be face to face time with the patient, but I'm being productive. So, and that's how I always argued it. And, you know, I usually got my way. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I think that's the perfect point. I think if you can just invest an hour to a week in educating, advocating, Mm -hmm. it will save you so much frustration down the way. You know, I mean, how much time do you waste... I can't believe they're not compliant. I can't believe they're not compliant. How many times do you run back and forth between the kitchen, between the dining room, because this patient's, you know, food wasn't pureed or because their liquids weren't thickened, you know? So it's like, think of all those all the frustrations you can get rid of just by taking an hour a week to have these in-services. So I'm a huge proponent for in-services. I did them all the time. I I mean, I've never had a problem corralling everyone and telling them my (laughs) opinion, I guess. That's obvious. But I I, just, I I try not to look at it that way. It's just educating everyone. You don't know what you don't know until you know that you didn't know it. So like you said, you had no idea that the kitchen staff was illiterate until somebody told you. So, you know, you were just,
1: you were running up a, uphill battle. Absolutely. And nothing I would have done through the traditional method would have resolved that situation. Right. And it would have just been an ongoing frustration. And you know, the patients would have suffered, everybody would have suffered. And I am so thankful that the kitchen manager came to me and just made that little comment like, oh honey, you know, (laughs) you know they can't all read, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're good at cooking, not so good at reading. Yeah. And then, you know, that made me really open my eyes to our CNAs and our LPNs and our nurses. And just because they have a, a master's degree or a bachelor's degree doesn't necessarily mean that they're educated in our area. Yep. And yep. so, you know, going to the nurse practitioners uh who would, you know, make the rounds in the facility and explaining to them, look, we do more than just chin tuck and thicken and liquids, you know? Right. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like my two least favorite things in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time they'd look at me like I had a third eye on my forehead, like, what are you? Like actually doing exercises? That's yeah. weird. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think it behooves us to really go out and advocate for our field and to say, you know what, just because Sally SLP does that doesn't mean that that's the best practice and can always push ourselves to learn and to learn new tricks and to go to new CEU courses and try to improve ourselves so that we can advocate for our fields and for our patients. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's an exciting time in dysphagia therapy. It really is. It
0: is. It's, it's exhilarating. <laughs> I know we're all a bunch of CEU junkies here.
1: I really am. I think that they should have CEU anonymous. CEU anonymous. Yeah
0: one of my biggest pet peeves when people say that they don't want to spend their own money on CEUs that they just have their own small CEU budget and that just really I don't know it just grinds my gears.
1: Well I have a problem with people who say oh I just have to get my hours. Right. I just want to shake them and be like it's not getting your hours it's getting education. I know a lot of my (laughs) friends
0: like make fun of me for it but I there's this one girl that drives me batty and I was asking her what you know upcoming CEU courses are you taking this year and she's like Oh, well, I, you know, logged on to one of the, I'm not even going to say it, but one of the the membership sites. And she's like, and there was some free phonemic awareness courses. So I took those and I was like, what in the living hell are you going to do with a phonemic awareness course (laughs) in your skilled nursing facility? Like, and and I think that's where I get off on tangents too. Like, I feel like ASHA should somehow monitor, you know, you have to at least be taking something within, I feel like there needs to be some sort of regulation. Like, Hey, ding dong, you're dealing with dysphagia all day let's take some more courses on dysphagia, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Who am I? Nobody asked me. So
1: (laughs) well, you know, I, I think of it as um, tools in a toolbox. My daddy's a mechanic and you know, he's retired and, and all of that, but he always had more tools than he needed. And that was something that growing up, I'm like, daddy, why do you have six screwdrivers? You really only need the one. And he's like, well, you know, if I ever need that one, I have it. And that's, that sentence right there was how I was raised. If I yeah. ever need that one, well, then i just reach out and I grab it. So that's how I view CEUs. You know, if I need my fascial release, then you know what? It's in my tool belt. If I need LSVT, guess what? Yeah. It's in my tool belt. If I need fees, guess what? Yeah. It's going to be in my tool belt. And that's how I see it is what can I do that's going to better my ability to help patients? And if I hate it, I've been in situations where I had a patient come to me and I was like, oh, You'd be a perfect candidate for LSVT. And I wasn't yeah. LSVT certified. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, what am I going to do? Well, Guess I'll man. bite that bullet. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's that's how I handled that. And now that's not an issue anymore. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I feel like we tend to think, oh, well, you know, that's just a requirement for my license. We don't think of it as a requirement for being a good
0: practitioner. Right. The one podcast that just came out was with Matt today. And he was talking about how, you know, we come out of school that basically the same way doctors do. You come out with limited, limited knowledge and then it's up to you to go. You know, pursue further knowledge. So, the people that just come out of school and not, you know, don't pursue these good courses, they're just sitting home typing away phonemic awareness courses. That's just such a huge disservice mm-hmm. to our profession. So,
1: yep. And any student I've ever had the fortune of guiding. I've always tried my best to do what Dr. Daniels and Dr. Blake and Dr. Mayer and, you know, all those wonderful professors at the University of Houston did for me and tell us, look, it doesn't stop when you walk out our door. This is just the beginning of your education. Your education continues until you retire and then for most people beyond because yeah, you know, we're nerds yeah. like that. But right. I always try to instill in them that, you know, don't stop, don't stop, you know, keep going, try to, you know, add more CEUs that are relevant. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Relevant. Yeah. yeah. And
1: not just to, to get certifications, just, to know things that are current and best practice and, and good treatment. Yeah. All right. We got on a CEU tangent here, but let's get back to our advocating. Yeah. I know. I know. It's <laughs> easy to do.
0: <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit more about, about nurses. I, what specifically do you like to educate them on or advocate to them for?
1: First of all, I like to advocate for what we do, and I always tell the nurses that we are physiotherapists for the swallow. All right, that's something that actually the myofascial release course kind of opened my eyes to. And I kind of knew, oh yeah, well we do exercises, and but I didn't really think of it in the terms of a PT until I had a PT teaching me swallowing. Yep and and that was a really kind of awesome insight into how they view things and ever since then I kind of you know I really make a point to look at what we do through the eyes of physical therapy with exercise physiology it's so important in what we do because we're rehabilitating yeah, muscles absolutely so with the nurses, I think that they forget that that's what we do. I think that they think uh, that we're just the, you know, thick and liquid queens and the swallow police yep. and, you know, that we sit there and go, okay, I'm going to tell you three words. I'm going to ask you those three words in just a minute. Oh my gosh, stab my yeah. eyeball out. Um <laughs> And that's what they see us as. And, you know, so it's, it's really important to not just tell them what we do, but show them, hey, why don't you come into the therapy gym? Why don't you watch me? Hey, I have this really cool session I'm about to do with this patient. Why don't you come in and join us so you can see what I do? Um, cross that aisle. You have to go to them because they're not going to come to you because, you know, yeah. they're busy. Offering them the chance to come and see. Whenever I had swallow studies, I'd always offer the nurses, hey, you want to come out and watch the swallow study with me? So you can kind of see what's going on. You want to watch the CD? You know, here's the report. Let's look at the report. Oh, look, there's a screenshot. You know, I always tried to educate them on what my thought processes were, what the exercise program consists of and why, you know, they're very knowledgeable of the body. And so it's not talking down to them, like, you know, necessarily like you would phrase things with a family member, but explaining it in medical terms so that they get it. And I found that that tends to work really well in reducing those instances of where, They think we're killing our patients because they come back fatigued and uh, they're like, oh gosh, you know, I can't swallow a thing because I'm so tired, (laughs) you know? Well, that's good. Yeah, you fatigued. That's great. We have that many swallows today. And when they walk all the way around the home, their legs are tired, you know, it's the same concept. So they're going to be tired if you do it right. Not necessarily all the time, but you know, you know what I mean. And so I had one nurse, you know, come yell at me one time, why are you trying to kill my my patient? And I was like, oh my gosh, what? And she's like, you just upgraded them to thin liquids and, and they shouldn't be, they've been on nectar thick liquid for five years. And I'm like, well, you know what? People can improve. Right, right. <laughs> you, do, you do exercise and they can get better. And you know, they're not always going to be on thickened liquids. If we can get them off of it, that's great. That should be a good thing. You should be, you know, high-fiving. Right,
0: right. Where, um, where's my high-five? You're leaving me hanging here. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: like you should do that if I put them right on. Like Chris, you should to right. me like why are we right. doing that that was a nurse that I really had to work I had to like take some breathing moments and focus my chi before I went and yes. interacted with her. Yes. yes get your namaste right yeah <laughs> so that I wouldn't you know jump down her throat or anything but you know in the end kind of got this like grudging respect from that one and I was like success if yes. I can win over this nurse I can do anything in the world yeah so that's that's kind of the main thing with the nurses is they just don't understand what we're doing.
0: Yep. Yep. Totally, totally agree. When they actually see us doing exercises with a a patient, they're like mind blown. Like Mm -hmm. we're not just sitting in the dining room watching them eat, watching (laughs) them drink thickened liquids. We're actually rehabbing them absolutely and i know even when i started doing fees once i started actually like inviting more and more nurses in or even i would make sure to leave the dvd of the study or to leave pictures with the nurses they're always like so mind blown by that mm-hmm. i mean even today i had a nurse come in and she was like can i you know bring some of the other ones in i was like of course and i ended up having nine there's nine of them standing behind me while i scoped this one guy today but they all just thought it was like the coolest thing and she's like well so you th- really think he's okay with the thin? And I was like, you just saw this. He's completely fine with it. And she's like, oh, well, this is just crazy. And same thing. She's like, he's been on it for like two years. I'm like, but he doesn't need yep. it. Like, why, why is he on it? He doesn't need it. Yep. She's like, well, I know, but, and she just kept saying that. She's like, well, that's what he's been on. I'm like, but he doesn't need it. You have a good speech pathologist here that does really good exercises with him and he's improved. Yeah. And you saw it and he doesn't need it. And the rest of them were like, yeah, we saw it, Joy. You don't need it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was was funny. It was cute.
1: Yeah. And I've had um, several patients, whenever I would, uh, and I did some PRN work in other nursing homes. And anytime I went into a new nursing home as a treating therapist the first thing I would do is pull the dietary list and I would flag the people who are on Thick and Liquids or Modified Diets. And those are the people I would go and check out first. And sometimes, you know, it's, For comfort purposes, or they really do need those. But a lot of times it was, oh, well, she doesn't have teeth, so I put her on puree. (laughs) Well, I've seen people chow down on steaks with no teeth, so (laughs) let's reassess (laughs) that one and see if maybe we can handle some soft solids. And a lot of times, you know, I found that the good exercise program and some studies, you could put them back on a regular diet or, or upgrade. And so that's always a good place to start in a new home. Even in your existing home, if you haven't looked at them in a while and they're on a modified diet, pick them up check them out. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you.
0: Oh, so yeah. Let's talk about doing some oral care with the CNAs.
1: Well, oral care is a fun, fun area for me. I actually freak out everyone I work with because I'm like, Oh, this is a grody mouth. Here we go. Did you, did you listen to episode three with Dr. Ashford? Yes. And I have been, you know, any, again, anyone who's worked with me knows that I keep like oral care supplies in bulk anywhere near yeah. me. And I tell them just go ahead and order me a case of toothbrushes. Just order me a case of toothpaste, you know, give me a whole box of the swabs, you know, I use them and I go through oral care supplies like crazy. And now that I'm an outpatient, it's, it's a larger percentage of my budget than I would like. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have yeah. good mouthwash, I'll buy you a bottle. Here you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, you know, and teaching patients to do oral care. So with CNAs, you know, they're like, oh, well, I did it. And I'm like, well, the evidence says <laughs> that's a lie. Right.
0: Right. right. And Maury said Maury that's a lie. Maury has
1: determined that this is a lie um, right. based on the giant chunks of things in their <laughs> mouth from like yesterday. So, you know, I, again, it comes down to barriers. You know, what is the barrier there? And it, it comes down to the fact that a lot of CNAs just—it's that ew factor—that ew. I don't want to get in people's mouth. That's gross. So, how do I make it less ew, or at least incentivize them to overcome the ew so that they can get in there and just do it? And so I had a group of CNAs one time, and I was talking to them about oral care, and, and I was showing them how to do it on NPO patients and, and all of that, and telling them the importance of it, and we were trying to overcome the U-factor, and, and that's totally what I call it, is the U-factor. So I told yeah. them, and I, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you guys a challenge. I'm not going to make y'all do anything today, but we're going to meet here tomorrow at the same time, and in between now and then, I don't want you to brush your teeth. I don't want you to brush your teeth. I don't want you to gargle. I don't want you to mouthwash. I don't want you to do anything. No oral care. Do not brush your teeth. If I catch any of you guys brushing your teeth, (laughs) you're going to be in trouble. And I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to put you in the drawing for this grand prize, which I was like, I don't even have grand prize. Crap, better make one. (laughs) And so I incentivized them to go 24 hours, just 24 hours without brushing their teeth and I made this, I went to the dollar store and I loaded up on chocolate and I got this cute little gift back and I was like, oh, grand prize of chocolate. Um yeah. And so the next day I met up with them and n- every single one of them failed. <laughs> None yeah. None of them would go 24 hours. Oh, chocolate hours. for me. Yes. I would. Exactly. And I was like, okay, awesome. <laughs> but not a single one would go 24 hours without brushing their teeth or doing any kind of oral care. And I was like, okay, well, why didn't you do it? And they're like, oh my God, that's so gross. My mouth felt nasty. And I'm like, well, Oh, hello. Hello. You know, what do you think yeah. little well, Sally over here who's 90, who hasn't had oral care in like three months, feels like. And that kind of opened their eyes to like, oh, well, it's it's kind of a patient's right issue. And you know, it yeah, no wonder she's cranky. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. She hadn't <laughs> had her mouth clean in months. <laughs> and so that was one of the ways that we overcame that barrier. And then showing them how to do it and showing them it doesn't have to be super gross. If you do it every day, like literally a few minutes boom when you're done. And, yeah. and it's not gross. And the maintenance, it's like, you know, having a dirty AC filter. Like if you just change it out every month, it doesn't get super gross and nasty and get like fuzz balls everywhere whenever you have to throw it away. So that's my analogy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't even know if I have a comeback for that one.
0: No, I think that's great
1: time back to the grand prize, chocolate, 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 chocolate Chocolate is worth its weight in gold. And I am not even kidding. Like my chocolate budget when I was in the nursing homes was off the chain. Like I was always the chick who had a a holiday themed bucket and I was walking around and I was like, here's chocolate for you. Here's chocolate for you. Here's chocolate for you. Oh, answer a question. Then I'll give you a chocolate. And it was, what are the signs of aspiration or penetration. And then they'd tell me, Oh, 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 I know this one. And then they'd like compete with each other to try to get it. And, you know, so you, you just have to get creative and make it fun and try to find ways that makes them want to seek you out instead of you trying to hunt down the CNA and be like, why haven't you given oral care to have them come up to you and go, Oh, I just cleaned so-and-so's mouth. And I found this and I thought you would want to know. And it's like, yes, I have one. And so that's, That's one of the ways that I worked with the CNAs. I
0: just love that so much. I just love that so, so much. And I also
1: had fun with um, creative in-service activities. I think part of me is just kind of a mean person maybe because I have all these like really (laughs) cruel things to make them do. to kind of get the point across. I don't know what that says about me as a person. No. Oh my gosh. You're, t- you're,
0: you're doing the nicest things ever. And you just called yourself a mean person. No,
1: but no. I, I would make, you know, the nurses, I'd give them, I'd come up to them and I'd have a little medicine cup with 10 Tic Tacs in it. And I'd say, okay, so I'm all at once. Have at it. Oh God. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm waiting. Come Faster. on. Um, There's no chop They're like, well, I can't do that. Here's some water, too. And you're like yeah. young and fully intact. How do you expect someone who's had a stroke, you know, with dense hemiparesis, to, you know, and, and serious dysphagia to be able to swallow 10 pills at a time, and, you know, much less the potassium pill by itself, you know? And right. so that's one. I had them put peanut butter on the roof of their mouth and then try to read each other tongue twisters. <laughs> oh, my God. So that they would understand what it was like to have (laughs) dysarthria. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Another one, we did cotton balls in the mouth and then made them eat like celery and different things so that they had to, you know, try to figure, and that was to simulate poor tongue movement. So, you know, you stuff the cheeks with cotton balls and make them try to chew something that you would normally lateralize and they couldn't because of the cotton balls and then they were getting the cotton balls in their mouth and then, you know, so their coordination was all messed up and I'm like, well, yay, now you get it. (laughs) Yeah, now you get it. um kinds of little tricks to try to a make it fun because it was a fun activity we turned it into you know we're going to do this whoever does it the best is going to get a prize and literally five dollars at the dollar store ten dollars you know and it was worth every penny and it got to where once the administration saw that these in services were working they're like hey well why don't I buy pizza for the next one and I'm like score yeah better spend your money than mine right 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 the administration wasn't even safe from my antics I was trying to switch this over to simply (laughs) fix <laughs> and, oh my gosh, the yeah. starts. We've all had those, you know, you, you go bring your, your patient oh, their God. morning milk, and it's yeah. like the Dairy Queen uh, blizzards that are upside down, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. concrete, yeah. and you're like tapping yeah. it, and you're like, does it break the shell? And that, like, acts like an egg? Like, how does this work? And... <laughs> right. So, so I got tired of that, you know, happening in, or like the super chunky, gritty, iced tea, iced tea, finger quotes. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, you know, no, we got to switch to gel thickener. There's just no way. So I took some juice to the administrator and I had three cups and I had the two basic thickeners that they used in the facility, the ones that they kept on the cart and then the one they had in the uh, dietary. And then I had some sample packets of Simply Thick, which I love them for sending samples. so great about that, like, I love their samples. I know they are, they
0: are wonderful.
1: And so, I sat there in front of him and I had my little shaker and I was like, Mix this one on my pour. and mix this one on my board, and we mix this one on my and I'm like, Okay, which one would you drink? And he was like, Uh, yeah, that one. And I was like, Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? We're buying Simply Thick now. We're buying Simply Thick now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, that was a good one for helping them kind of see that that stuff's nasty, yeah. The cornstarch thickener and Yeah. and I still keep some in my office. I have the Simply Thick, I have the powdered gel thickener, the powdered gum thickener and then I have the cornstarch thickener and I'll do examples of all three. Now I prefer the Simply Thick over all of them because it doesn't clump and it's just great but okay send me some samples Simply Thick I'm plugging (laughs) you (laughs) but you know I really do and I just did one last week where I was showing this woman who is drinking it for comfort for, not for aspiration because it just when she's fatigued she has a, an autoimmune condition when she's fatigued you know she just it's easier for her to drink thickened liquids and she actually enjoys it so I'm like okay honey yeah if that makes you happy rock right. and roll right. let's do You're this happy, but, I'm you know happy. but she had complained about the clumps and asked me if there was anything she could do about that and I was like well you could not use that stuff and so you know I, I'm always using the sample with a lot of people I, I do it with family members and patients and administrators. And again, that goes back to me making, you know, people taste things, you know, I make my students drink it. I make, I, I make my students eat puree from the dietary at the, at the nursing home, yeah. you know, like they need to know what it is if we're going to be pushing it on pulse, so, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, and that goes
0: back to, we always talk about that study with the thickened liquids with, mm-hmm. you know, patients that are on thickened liquids, they can dehydrate easily, can cause dehydration, but it's not the actual thickener that causes the dehydration. It's and not drinking anything mm-hmm. they don't want to drink it at all so yeah i mean that's kind of a huge point to drive home to the administrator that you know these patients are at risk of dehydration and it's not not the actual thickener is dehydrating them they just yeah like you said look at this dairy queen blizzard full of cranberry juice does that really yeah look palatable to you yeah oh i just love that hillary <laughs> that's so good i'm a
1: crazy person
0: i love it <laughs> crazy's my
1: jam man <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's hang on one second. So you all know how much I totally value continuing education and, well, basically the whole reason why I started this podcast anyways is because I want the good information circulating out there. I want the evidence-based practice information circulating out there. So for this month of October, I am partnering with Carolina Speech Pathology. They are a mobile fees provider and an ASHA-approved CEU provider to offer an exclusive discount for Swallow Your Pride listeners. So I chose to partner with CSP because of their focus on topics related to dysphagia. So included in this offer is the Understanding Fees course taking place on November 3rd in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and November 17th in Richmond, Virginia. So both of these courses are taught by Selena Reese. She's a board-certified swallowing specialist with many years of experience performing fees. So this is not a fees training course, but basically just learning how to understand and interpret what you're seeing, which I think is great. I think we need so many more courses like this out there. And then also, do you remember our fan favorite, Ed Bice, from episode one? Well, he is also teaching a one-day course in Raleigh, North Carolina, on December 1st, titled Evidence-Based Practice in Dysphagia Rehabilitation. And that sounds incredible. I could just sit and listen to Ed talk for hours. I'm sure it's going to be a great course. But Ed will describe updates in research and highlight evidence-based techniques for rehabilitating swallowing. So everyone's always asking for more and more and more treatment, more and more rehab, Here you go. Go see a December 1st in Raleigh. You can Mm -hmm. find more information on these courses at www.carolinafees.com. If you register during the month of October, you'll receive 25% off the CEU courses with the coupon code SYP for swallow your pride. So go get your learn on, kids. All right. So here is the million dollar question. So I ask everybody this. What is one course or paper or technique or strategy that has been a game changer for you in your practice?
1: There's so many, it's really, really hard to narrow it down to one. And I know that that's sort of a cop out, but not really, but I'll, I'll list a few. <laughs> it's not because I'm going to still make it an so. <laughs> you know, I think in regards to what we were talking about, the overcoming the barriers, you know, it all goes back to the psychology background that I have. Pavlov the classical conditioning you know operant conditioning looking at reinforcers and you know kind of taking it back to the basics as far as how can we dangle a carrot that'll get them to do what we want them to do or to participate with our master plan of dysphagia ruling of the universe (laughs) and you know so Pavlov absolutely it goes back to Pavlov like back to the basics you know if you haven't studied up on your operant and classical condition, it's really, really relevant to the workplace. And as far as courses, like I said earlier, my favorite so far was myofascial release. Now it's not like a one size fits all. We don't use it with everybody. I found it to be really, really effective in learning how to feel what's going on, like kind of using the eyeballs in your fingers to see what's going on with people's muscles of swallowing and to look at swallowing as a whole. You know, swallowing starts at your feet and that's something that a lot of physical therapists have taught me. So if you're if you're walking poorly, you're at more risk to have swallowing difficulties. And there's been studies that have correlated that. And if you have bad posture, it can affect the way the muscles function. And if you have that forward head posture, you know, all of those things are part of the holistic event that we call a swallow and I think looking at it through the eyes of a physical therapist really really kind of changed my world in that everything just clicked in my head and I use my hands a lot more I'm very very hands-on I'm always you know touching and feeling and palpating I palpate everybody and I think that that's really important you know we can with our hands we can feel if certain muscles are engaging you know of course not the deep muscles of the swallow but some of the surface muscles you can feel so, I really think that that kind of helped change how I look at, at dysphagia treatment. Okay.
0: I'm going to back you up. What is myofascial release? What is that specifically?
1: Myofascial release is basically the study of the muscles and the fascia and their interaction in physical movements. So if, you know, a muscle isn't moved for a long time, it kind of gets stiff and the fascia kind of gets, for lack of better words, sticky and it it just, you get these adhesions. So you don't have very good range of motion or movement. When you go in there with manual therapy, your goal is to break up the adhesions, to get the fascia moving smoothly with the muscles, and to just improve the efficacy of the whole system. You know, if you have knots in the muscle, that indicates some sort of dysfunction going on. Is it because overuse? Is it because of posture? Is it because of various other circumstances that would be causing those issues? And you use trigger point to kind of address that, just like a physical therapist would if you had a knot in your bicep. So I think it's basically that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, without going on another you know sixty minute tangent. Yeah,
0: I'm going to put you on the spot here again. You may or may not know the answer. Do you, is there like specific studies or anything that you can think of, or cite or people that have done the research that this is effective for swallowing?
1: Now, last I've heard, as far as efficacy studies, the big studies have shown that it's kind of just not really clear. Personally and anecdotally, I've seen changes with some patients. Not all patients, like I said, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. I don't do myofascial on every single dysphagia patient I do. But I think the course itself teaches you to look at the muscles in a different way. So it's a tool that's in my toolbox. There you go. And, you know, every once in a while, I have that patient who's like, hmm, I wonder what what's going on there. Or maybe, you know, or I had this one lady who had really, really severe anxiety to a pathological level. And we sought help in that and we looked at a neurologist referral and all these things. And basically what it boiled down to is that she carried her tension in her neck. And her tension was so severe that it caused her voice problems, as we're all aware of. And it caused her what I characterize. I don't even know if this is a diagnosis. I'm just like, someone's probably gonna sue me for making up this word, but muscle tension tension dysphagia <laughs> yeah. for the best you know that's basically what i could figure out and we went in and we taught her how to relax we got her with a psychotherapist we worked with her on that we worked on releasing the tension that she carried in her neck and boom she was fixed yeah and she learned how to manage it and you know she's never come back to therapy so cases like that anecdotally i would say oh yeah but is it a one-size-fits-all no yeah. absolutely not. yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know i don't want to get chastised for
0: saying this either but I think that's how it is with e too. Oh, absolutely. Like I learned so much from that course mm-hmm. about just exactly what you're saying, the way muscles work. And, and again, it was taught by a PT. So I think it's so fascinating to hear other professions, especially PTs, which have such, they have so much more experience, so much more knowledge with the way muscles actually work. Like we always talk about, that's one thing that our field is so lacking. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing that our grad programs do not teach is just real basic, physiology of how muscles work and so same thing I'm you know I'm not an ESTEM one size fits all for everybody but that course taught me exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying with the myofascial release just a ton about the way muscles work and react and
1: absolutely and looking at it as a whole system as opposed to you know individual parts we tend to focus on oh it's high excursion or oh tongue base retraction or you know pharyngeal contraction we don't look at it as a whole sometimes. And and so the course I'm really looking forward to going to at some point. So I totally want to do McNeil. (laughs) Don't, Don't get me on that tangent again, Hillary. We're gonna have to like schedule a flight to go and catch that one together. I know, I know, I know. They should open a separate group for us, all of us who are asking. And and I think that, you know, from what I've heard, of course, you know, it's like a secret hush-hush. You can't right. really tell anyone about it. But from what I heard, it's that same kind of concept. It's that holistic concept. Yep. And it's looking at the swallow as a whole instead of as a system of individual parts. And, right. and I think that that's the way I look at swallowing now, but you know, right out of grad school, they taught us so much and it was wonderful and Dr. Daniels was amazing, and she taught us all these things, but like actually being in practice, and doing it and seeing it and everything is, you know, a whole different ballgame. So, you know, I feel like she set the foundation for my education and then, you know, the continuing ed has just kind of built the house on that. I think, I think we've dwelled so much
0: on the craptastic nature of dysphagia education right now. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to finally have like a dysphagia grad course success story. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I I think that's wonderful. What's
1: really funny is that when I graduated, well, actually while I was in graduate school, I did a rotation in the medical center in Houston and the first modified barium swallow study I got to sit in on I was watching and I was so nervous I was like oh my gosh you know what if this person aspirates yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh good what are we gonna what do what am I gonna do yeah. oh no yeah. and so I'm doing it and I'm like aspiration and she's like no 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 that was fine I was like no 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 rewind it I think they aspirated." and sure enough she's like well you caught that I was like thank you Dr. Yeah. Daniels yeah <laughs> And so like, you know, from day one, I was sitting there writing reports and, and she's like, wow, you're doing a pretty good job of that. I guess I'm just going to go over here and just Facebook for a while. I'll look at it when you're done, you know? And and it was, I felt like she really prepared us to come out of the program with, you know, a good foundation in swallowing. And she really, really made a point to tell us to really push ourselves to keep learning, you know, and she does too. She is like the queen of always learning new things. And I love that. And she's a spunky redhead and I just adore her. Oh, oh good. (laughs) I I didn't know that. So I'm glad I know that now.
0: Oh, that's so great. Oh my God, Hillary, this was so good. I love this. Just, I mean, getting, having fun with the people you work with. What a concept is that? You know?
1: I know. And you know where I'm at now an outpatient, they are so used to me coming over into the therapy part of the gym, you know, outside of my little office and be like, Hey, I have this patient who's doing such and such. What do you think? And you know, I, oh, I have a patient with really bad TMJ and I'm, I'm teaching them, you know, chewing and all this stuff, but what's your perspective on that? And so I'm always going across the aisle and, you know, they're starting to now come across like, Hey, I have this patient with you know visual spatial reasoning problems. You know, what, what do you think you can do for that? Yeah. And so it, it fosters that really good interdisciplinary teamwork, which Absolutely. is so awesome. And I love that about where I work now is that there's never any worry about like, oh, will I offend someone if I go tell them? OT that I noticed that this patient needs feeding help, you know, right, 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 that's amazing. It's a good feeling to be in that kind of environment and it definitely helps your work stress go down. It's it still stressful because yeah. it's a yeah. stressful field and you know, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think,
0: yeah. Oh, I just love this so much. Cause I feel like, you know, everyone has just gotten in these venting cycles, I guess, you know, just venting, venting, venting about how horrible their workplace is and productivity standards. And so I just love to hear a refreshing side of what you can do to make your life better. So it doesn't Absolutely. have to be that way. <laughs>
1: And a friend of mine posted a while back on Facebook that if your work enjoyment to frustration ratio gets beyond 70-30, because there's always frustration in a job, you know, there always is like, oh, my schedule got messed up, or oh, so-and-so happened, or this patient though showed me again. There's always some sort of stress. But if you have 70% enjoyment and only 30% stress, you are doing great. You know, when that ratio starts to get a little heavy on the stress part or frustration part, that's when you need to figure out... Maybe you need to go to a different job or a different setting, or maybe you're just, in fact, surrounded by jerks, (laughs) you know? So, I actually moved into my outpatient clinic because my enjoyment to frustration ratio was out of whack for my life. You know, I was in a rural area, I was having to commute an hour each way to get there. And it was just really hard to do that, plus work, you know, overtime every week and be the only SLP covering three facilities. And it just became too much. So, um, for me, I had to really look at myself and say, you know, what is it that I really want? And I don't like people bossing me. <laughs> I want to be my own boss. <laughs> so that way I can be like my way, do it this way. And <laughs> This is the right way. So that's why I ended up in office. Yeah.
0: Well, cool. All right.
1: Well, this has been great, Hillary.
0: So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash swallow your pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming.